Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Al and Jerry are here with more sports news and other stories that they couldn't get to during the morning show. Here we go! It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go on the podcast. I was going to say 10 or 9, but that really doesn't matter because the podcast land. And joining me today, because Al Dukes is at the mall, uh, would be Bob Dwyer, who was with me on, was that Thursday you did that? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Whatever, yeah. last week you did the podcast with yep. me. All good. Uh, how, so have you listened to the podcast? I have you, not. you like the way it sounded? I bet you I would like the way it sounded, but I have not listened so to it yet. So you do not download the podcast every day? Why would I? I work with you guys. Why would I want to? I mean, I've heard it before. Side of us. I kind of I know all the sides of you guys, I think. All confidently. right, I suppose. I like you guys, but I mean, there's other stuff. If I work with you guys all day, it would be like me like leaving the house and then listening to a tape of my wife all day. No good. Well, I agree with that. No one needs to listen to a tape of their wife. I thought you were say my wife. No. <laughs> no, I, anybody's wife. No, but I will. I'll listen to it. And then I'll listen to this one, too. Did you see, now when we spoke last time, we did get into music a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Foo Fighters SNL? Yeah, Al showed me. Pretty it's cool, awesome. right? I was mad. I don't usually watch, like, I don't, I'm not against watching SNL, but we were getting ready to go to bed that night. I put it on. I saw the news. I don't know how close I was to seeing it, but I would have liked to have seen it live. It would have been awesome. To but have. that's late. That's 1 o'clock in the morning. Was it on that? No, the show starts at 11.30. Yeah, but this was their oh, okay. second performance, which oh, I believe ended I the show. Yeah. I just happened to turn it on when the news we were heading to bed. But now, now I've I been watching. So you know, you like Netflix. I love Netflix. Now, I do not get to watch Netflix often. We discussed that last week, too. But I stumbled upon this Foo Fighters documentary that's on Netflix right now. Oh, okay. And I, like I think that. it's relatively new. I'm not 100% sure. And I've only gotten about 40 minutes in. It's not long, either. It's maybe an hour and a half. I'm about 40 minutes in. Really interesting Having listened to them all these years, and when Foo Fighters was born after Nirvana and all that, yeah. I was I was into that music, but I really wasn't a music guy, per se. I yeah. just kind of listened to what was on K-Rock, and that was the end mm-hmm. of it. So watching the documentary, and we've all seen from the side of Kurt Cobain 
what happened. Mm-hmm. But to see it from this perspective, from Dave Grohl's perspective, the way he didn't know what to do with himself, really interesting stuff. It wasn't, Kirk, I don't know, I remember hearing this. Didn't Isn't that first album him playing all the instruments? Like, didn't he? It is, yeah. yeah. It's, it so, was like therapy. So there's a couple of things. So number one, after Kurt Cobain passes and he takes time off and doesn't really do anything, he starts traveling with Tom Petty. Wow. He was Tom Petty's traveling drummer for some reason. They were looking for uh, someone to do drums. And Tom Petty liked his work so good on tour, he offered him a full-time spot in the band. Wow. Where Dave Grohl said, no. Wow. He said, I have the urge to go do something on my own to where he goes into that studio. And he just played every and instrument. And he rips off the entire album That's by himself. Thing. Which is incredible. And then they piece together the band. And he looks back and he says, my God, the idea that I actually passed on Tom Petty. Like, how do you do that? Because you can't come back from that. Could have gone from Nirvana to Tom Petty. Yeah, that would be like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, not being a, I'm not being funny, I'm being serious. That would be like, you want to be a talk show host for real. Boomer asks you to be, you know, you fill in for a couple of months. I'm being yeah. serious. Yeah, no, And I know. then in the middle of it, Boomer's like, I'd like you to do it. And you're like, nah, I'm kind of good. I'm going to go I, I think so I might start, start a podcast. Yeah, at a daylight radio station. <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast on my own show <laughs> with no audience. And, and you're going to turn out to be really successful. Wow. Really very interesting stuff right up your alley. On, a no, on the note of, kind of, it made me think of it. There's, I, I should know his name. There's a guy who was, he was a guitarist for Soundgarden, mm-hmm. and he left or got kicked out, I don't know. And then he became the guitarist for Nirvana, and then either left or, you know, moved on. Got kicked out again. Was like 28, I, I don't know that that would be the case when you hear the rest of the story. The guy's like 28 years old, 27, I think, and he was like a, a professional musician is how he described himself. He was playing for other bands that we probably sure. never heard of, but would tour and and then just decided, like, I don't really like doing this anymore. Was in the middle of a tour, said, I'll do it till the end. And had talked to a buddy who had uh, become a Navy SEAL and said it was the best thing that he ever did. The guy was 27. He's like, two months later, I was in Norfolk, Virginia. And the guy became an Army Ranger. It's a really... Wow. And if you see him now, it's like, he does speaks. He always got a ponytail. Sure. Beard. Never, I mean, very soft-spoken, you know, but like, yeah, went from Soundgarden to Nirvana, and you could say, wow, he, you know, he stick with either of those bands, and then he went to become an army, could and now have, he's still like a consultant. Have you ever contemplated like what it takes to do that? Oh, man. And how much oh, yeah, of I'm fascinated we by all it. are. Yep. <laughs> That's why I really, as tough as you can think you are, I, I could never, I listened to the, the a book on tape of uh, Robert O'Neill, the, the operator. Mm-hmm. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. Just it's the, incredible. The Navy, like, I don't understand how more guys don't, die out of it like the swimming and they make them go underwater like no yeah i'd like to think yeah i'd be tough enough to do it it's it's it was and i'm someone who i'm fascinated with world war ii my grandfather was in world war ii so i've read and watched everything on that and all vietnam and the navy i've watched all these things and it nothing gave it justice to what he said when you hear it first person perspective but no i don't i'd like to think i could but no because there's two you know there's two school of thoughts like you know my dad was drafted and went to vietnam as a lot of him that age did and when you're drafted you have no choice choice. you go and it makes you do what you have to do and hopefully we'll never see that again uh in our lifetime and beyond Uh, but then there's the other notion of doing it willingly and willfully and signing yourself up signing up for a life of just unbelievable giving towards humanity basically Mm -hmm. 
for lack of a better term, like you're doing it for the better good. And that's where I say that's where Eddie annoyed me last week when we were talking about what's real and the trophies and all that. Like you think what we do every day is real yeah. life? That is real life. And absolutely. what's going on in those countries is oh. real life. This is a joke what we no, do. No, absolutely. And yeah. The fact that we get paid to do it, come on. Crazy, but no, crazy, I, w- crazy. I would like to. I'd like to wish. I'd like to think I could do that, but I don't believe. I don't know. Anyway. Again, I don't understand how anybody like the first fact of all, that you could if you had. If to, you had to, yeah. And you had no like choice. I said, if you were in the, but as like, and I have so much admiration for a Navy SEAL. So you say, you know, hundred guys go into the thing, and sure. you know, such the small percentage. But like, even like, say, you know, twenty of them make it out. Those twenty guys are the most amazing. That's it's insane yep. what they go through, and then to. Then to go and forget about all the training and everything, and then to do what they do, it's just oh, incredible. It is incredible. It's a different level of human being. That it really is, yeah. Sure, no question about it. Uh, a couple of other things here. I have no idea where I'm going with this. What did I tell you to remind me of? Oh, you wanted to talk about drinking. Did you see the video of the girl that was throwing up at the NBA game or the basketball game? No. So it, if you haven't drink. seen it, you can Google From it. Drinking, I presume. Sh- she's right behind the bench of a, of a basketball uh-huh. team, and she – Gets the urge and she grabs it, looked like a bag, and she just hurls into the bag. And it got me to thinking about drinking at sporting events, concerts to me, not so much, only because I feel like most people at concerts are drunk or high. Yeah. Sporting events to me is more of a mix because you have a lot more yeah, kids Yeah, you kind of stick out. And the concert's dark, too. Right. So you wow. can kind of get away with a little more at a concert uh. than you can at a sporting event. Have you ever been the type, though, that would just get liquored up in the parking lot and make an ass out of yourself in the no, arena? No, I, I, I love to drink. Don't get me wrong. And I'll definitely have a couple beers before. But I'm very conscious of not being that guy. I become, I'll become more conscious and not be the loud. You know, but yeah, I see nothing wrong with having a couple drinks at a game with... But yeah, again, not to get drunk though. I like, just it, you lose the fun when you yeah, drink when you're, excess I mean, like that. I was in my twenties, and anytime you had one of those nights where you drank too much and you didn't know what the hell happened anyway. So. I, had a, I had a friend of mine. I told this story once before with Al. I had a friend of mine who's diehard Giant fan, and this is going all the way back to I think, I guess it was '95. I don't remember, but it was the night that they retired Sims and LT's numbers. It was a Monday night game, Cowboys, Giants. The Cowboys just steamrolled them. I think it was 35 nothing at halftime. Whatever, 28 nothing. whatever the case may be, they killed them that night. But my buddy couldn't wait. This was Sims. This was LT. Big, this big was night. Giants football. We had tickets, albeit in the upper deck, but we were— You're going to be there. We were in between the 45 and the 50-yard line. So it was going to be a good night. So, of course, we're going to make sure uh, that we get to our seats early. But we're also going to get to the parking lot because we're going to cook. We're going to play some football in the street. It's going to be an amazing night. Well, another friend of ours that came as well brought a case of wine to where my buddy had one, had two, had ten. God knows how many. And I would say mid-second quarter, he's standing up, Uh. as we all were. And as he's standing up and you could see his eyes going, he didn't throw up or nothing. He tumbled over. Oh, boy. And we were like five rows, six rows up in the upper deck. Had to be packed. We had to just beg security not to kick him out. And then you're gone. (laughs) And luckily, the guys that he fell on backed him, that it was nothing violent. He just lost his footing. Sorry about what, you know, and they let us stay. To this day, he does not remember the halftime ceremony. And that's what he was all there for. This is is not a PSA. No, I know what you're saying. Have a good time at a game. It's just, I mean, crazy how that ruined his night and his experience. Well, I know. It's that like when you're in high school and stuff, there was that, and even in your 20s, there is that 
need, if you will. Like now, I, I can't imagine I've ever, I don't remember ever, you know, in the last 15 years where I've been like, oh, I got to get drunk before I go to that. Like, yeah, I'm I not agree. a, There's you know no, what I mean? Like, fun about it. Yeah. So like I said, but I can see when you're younger, you get that like, oh, we're going to have a bunch of drinks beforehand. You know, like I'll go and I'll tailgate and like, yeah, just you sure. go, you have, I'm going to have a couple beers, but I'm not looking to put on some sort of buzz you know, reach some sort of level of buzz to get, you know, to I go agree. in. But. We're not children anymore. No. Although yeah. I told the story with Melusis, and I think you were producing that day, the story of me and Cabo. Yeah. Right? I told you that story. Yeah. That's like the only time you kind of let loose when you're not driving and you're, you know, you take the cab to the city that you're in. Yeah, you kind of let your hair down a little bit. And the funny, I'll tell you one thing about that that I did not tell Melusis. Um, so part of that night when we were in Cabo, everybody out there that doesn't listen to the show, I got into a fight with the toilet bowl, and the toilet bowl won at the end of the evening, and I got a black eye when I woke up, which was sad, <laughs> but whatever. Part of that night was going to Cabo Wabo, the, uh, what's his name from Van Halen? Um, Jesus. David God. Lee Raw? No, the Sammy, other one. Hagar. Sammy Hagar's bar in Cabo. All this tequila, I mean, it was it was an awesome night. Really had a good time. I had so much to drink, though. And again, because I wasn't driving, I had no... It was no, yeah. I, yeah, I was good. I was just... I was having a blast. I was on... Kim's got... My wife has pictures of this. I was dancing on tables. Wow. Me. Just dancing, period, is yeah, like to be well, on the table. they brought... First of all, we were hoping that Sammy Hagar was going to be there one of those nights because we heard he popped in once every couple of weeks. Uh, what so did you we say? Were, I'll drink until he gets here. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. My, like, we went there. Hey, maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah. We, we wanted to try the place, but they had another rock band in that was just doing all sorts of awesome covers, and it was great. And I remember at one point, and she's looking at me. She goes, I think you've had too much to drink. I'm like, why? Come on up and dance. And she's like, you're up no, dancing. You look like an idiot. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I had a blast. At that point, you're like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I had a really good time. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. You now, can you have know, a lot of fun on alcohol. You just got to watch yourself, Jim. And part of the reason why I had a really good time that night, Bob, was because I had myself a ride back to the resort. 100%. Yeah. I wasn't driving. No, I, I don't. I'm, I'm fortunate in the sense if I want to drink, too. My wife doesn't drink. Not She doesn't, like, not drink, but right. she very rarely will drink. She doesn't really enjoy it. She's smart. She's smart, so and then so then I get a ride. And that's why I want to tell you guys right now. It's the holiday season. I said this a hundred times. Don't be an idiot. Drive sober or get pulled over. You knew the risks of driving drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt, killed. How about this? You could get arrested. You're basically what would happen is your life would be over as you know it. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. So that's why when I was in Cabo, we took a cab to the bar. We had a good time. Cab back, all good. And now it's even easier. If you need a ride, you need to figure out what you're going to do, what your plans are for the night. It's so, so simple. Safer ride is the simplest possible way to get home safe. and only has three self-explanatory buttons on the home screen. It's an app. I have it on my phone now. You should put it on yours too, Bob. Don't mm-hmm. be a dope. With it, you can call a friend, locate, call a cab company. You could bring up a map of your current location because, you know, you could get to a point, and I, I know you, Bob. You'd be like, oh, like, hey, Billy, I need a ride. Where are you? I have no idea. No idea. With the Safer Ride app, you'll know all of this. This is all from our friends at NHTSA, NHTSA, and we're going to help NHTSA end drunk driving by doing our part and using NHTSA's Safer Ride app to get home safely. Again, don't be a moron. Do what you have to do this holiday season for yourself, for your family, for the children. For everyone else on the road. for everybody else. 
Right, because that's the other part. You can really hurt other people, which really sucks. So yep. don't do that. Uh, do the right thing and make sure you have the Safer Ride app. Uh, it's all good. I promise you, you will never, never, never regret having it. So it's all good. Sounds awesome. Uh, one last one for you, Bob, that we're going to read. There's this, if you are on Twitter, which I know you are, you use mm-hmm. it sparingly, but you're on Twitter. There's uh, one of the things you can go to is AP Oddities. Mm. So AP is what? The Associated Press. Right. So this is like legit What news. is oddities, Jerry? Oddities would be um, I know the way you react sometimes when I ask you a question. Very good. Very odd. Uh, so I bring you to Reading, Pennsylvania. Authorities say a Pennsylvania woman stabbed her roommate during a dispute over what, Bob? Uh, food? Uh, kind of. I When I first started reading this, I thought it was going to be over a guy. TV remote? Perhaps over. That would be really dumb. But this is dumber. A dispute over candy. Candy? Candy. What kind of candy, though? Doesn't say. Hmm. But police say charges against, and this is another great part. (laughs) She's 54. Wow. Not four. Wow. She's not 14. 54. I don't need to mention her name. She's been charged with aggravated assault and reckless endangerment. How about this? Attempted murder. I mean, my God. Well, no, they really should have put the kind be. of candy in with all that. According to the police affidavit, the victim claims that Mitchell was holding a pocket knife in one hand and a picture frame in the other as they argued in their apartment. She says she tried to strike her with the picture frame <laughs> as they fell to the floor. The woman says she tried to hold Mitchell on the ground, but Mitchell stabbed her in the leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, they report she was taken to prison on $1,000 bail. I mean, re- really? Wow. I would think by 54, if you. Have a hankering for candy, you could maybe supply yourself with Here, it. Here's what I know. Knowing some people that are a little loopy, I don't think it matters if you're 14, 54, 84. If you are out there, you're out yeah, there. It probably didn't have anything to do with the candy either. You think, Bob? <laughs> she was probably crazy. Probably, no! She might have been a crazy person. Yeah, I would say so. Have you ever gotten that angry where you have thought to do physical harm to somebody? Um, Clearly you didn't because you're not in jail, but had you thought? No, uh, no. Well, I mean... That's a weird question in Why? a way. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll drive home today. I, Flegelman, you in there? You alive? I wish harm on Turn people. Turn your microphone on. Michael Flegelman, everybody. Have Please. you ever done harm to anybody or wanted to? Thought about it, maybe wanted to, but not actually done it, no. Yeah. Well, it's, he's being honest. You're lying. Well, I'm saying, yeah, no, uh, there are, I, I have lots and lots of thoughts about physical harm to people. Right. I've never acted on Dwyer it. Dwyer drives over, what, like two and a half hours every day. Yeah, 75 miles to. each way. So there's a lot of road rage, people in is the left lane. Is that all it is, 75 miles? Yeah. What do you bitch and complain about then for? I, I don't. It's just a conversation. No, but you like to bring it up. It's 150 miles a day. Yeah, but I used to do 73 miles each way from Brick. Not that big a deal. Well, fine, Jerry. I didn't say it was a big deal. The traffic can be a little bit of a... You're like a drama king. I'm not a drama king. Got to go. Boy, this traffic's going to be a bitch. It and is going to be a bitch. 75 miles, guys. 75 miles. Well, getting out of here at this hour, I forget about it. Gridlock alert dice. And you've got to get all the way uptown, right? Like you take the uh, what? I don't know. I gotta get <laughs> you don't home. Know. I don't are have you to going go north up. or are you going south? I'm not going uptown. I don't live uptown. I'm going home. But you're going north. Yeah, you I'm going north. Okay, uptown, so technically, but I'm not going uptown. No, I didn't say you're going to Times Square and you're oh. going to stay in a hotel. No, I'm, I get on the West Side Highway and then just go. But for example, for myself, yeah. I get in the Holland Tunnel three blocks from here. Yeah. I don't have to worry about traffic going moving uptown. Oh, yeah. I got to get to the Henry Hudson Bridge. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're heading north. So, it sucks. Oh, it's the worst. When you get out of here on Friday, do you just, like, decompress, like, made another week? Yeah. 
I get every day when I get home. I'm like, I made it home. Made Have it you back ever home. thought? Now I feel like I'm interviewing you. Have you ever <laughs> thought that you don't want to do this anymore? And by do this, I mean work. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people. Well, no, no, you say that. No, but yeah, I know what people, you're trying to say. A lot of people would not exist very well without a job. No, I would do fine. If, I mean, <laughs> without a job, like I could. I don't no. understand those people that that talk about like, oh, I don't know what I do with myself. Well, I, I know what some, I would do, but most, I think, I think a lot of people don't. self important But I mean, if you eliminate the financial aspect of it, so I don't, like if you create a all scenario right, so, where I don't need to work, all right, would you, I be someone who's like, oh, I got to find something to do? Your wife gets a job for four fifty a year. Oof. You are sitting high on the hog. You're good. Yeah. You would be fine being Mr. Mom and just kind of whatever. Oh, God, yeah, I'd love it. If I didn't really? have the financial burden of it. I mean, yeah, I, kids got to be a little bit old. I have a five-month-old at home, so being Mr. Mom with him isn't all that fun. There's a lot of... It's your son. No, but I'm saying being Mr. Mom all day with him wouldn't be all that fun. That's my, my mother-in-law watches him. When I get home there all day, it's... It's not know, supposed to be fun. It's your responsibility. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, but yeah, I mean, I would fight through that stage. Keep backpedaling. I'd fight through that stage. But then the other, and I have a four-year-old son who, it's all fun. So yeah, that would if I could just spend the day playing superheroes and watching movies. See, I couldn't sit home and do. No, I couldn't do that. No, I mean I wouldn't do that all the time. You just but said no. you could. I, I could. I didn't say that's what I would. do. But if I could sit home and do that with him, yeah. But I mean, we wouldn't just do that every day. If I was home, like now, if I get a day off and I'm home, you're sort of like, okay, we, I have, I got to do this, I got to do that. If you put me in a scenario where, um, that's it. That's what I do. We'd have a routine like you wouldn't believe, and it would be. It'd be awesome. I don't feel the like I said. I love my job. I love doing this. It's fun. I think it's great working radio, working with Boomer, the whole thing. But I don't have an inherent like need to do this. I think people that do that are a little bit self-important. You think so? Full of themselves. <laughs> like, they go. Oh, the world couldn't exist without everyone. Would be fine. I yes. It doesn't yeah. matter. But who I have enough like between yard fine. work. I would. My yard would be immaculate. I love well, working in my in, yard. You'd be in the being like uh, the, the dad that goes outside just to stay out of the house. No, no. I would be the dad that goes outside to make sure we have the nicest. But after a couple of days yeah. off. Oh, it would be you a couple days. days off. No, you're right. I mean, it would be then. But then you maintain it, and then you do other stuff. No, yeah, I would be fine with that working. See, I actually know what my plan will be. What's your Drop plan? the kids off at school. Go play golf. You treat that like a job. You have a little lunch. Play another nine holes. Go pick the kids up, and that's another day. Yeah, that's perfect. Every day. But then, you, but then you hear people. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. I'd get tired. You know, no, no. You would be fine doing. I that. would be fine. Yeah, I'd, no, I know. At one point in two thousand one, two, and three, before my oldest son was born, I played five days a week. Huh? You know, from. My best friends are golf. I have actually a guy in my neighborhood. My best friend is a golf pro, and my uh, then by chance another a guy that I moved to my neighborhood a couple of years. I've been friends with him like six, seven years. He's a golf pro. It's quite well, a gig. I was not a golf pro. I was I was awful. Well, I mean, a very they're not average golfer. Yeah, they're both very good golfers. Right. I've never played with actually my neighbor, but my buddy's very good. Golfer. A lot of people actually always said to me, "God, you play a lot to suck this much." Really? Well, I still enjoy it. Well, because I never got. I'll tell you a funny story. We get out of here. Good. I give you a couple of two quickies. One with Bob with shoes and remember his name, and then this other one. So at that time, I was playing in the early two thousands. I was playing four to five days a week, and I was playing with a group of guys that were anywhere from sixty to eighty. Okay. And they would cut your throat for a nickel. Yeah. And so we would play dollar holes. Some holes would be two, whatever. So I go on a Thursday, and we tee off, and I had the round of my life. I shot an 84. Every putt went in. Every drive was right side of the fairway, angled perfectly to the flat. I mean, you would have thought, and it's 84, it wasn't 64. But for me, no, 84. I walked out of there, and Bob, I remember getting in the car. I'm like, I finally effing figured it out. 
Like I went from someone that was, that was your in, mistake. Well, I thought I went from someone that was always in the low 90s. And this would be the way you golf now. Yeah. Like you didn't do anything out of the ordinary where you're like, I just played my Correct. game I and I could go out and do this. $50, I'd be pretty uh. good when you're only playing dollar holes. It was yeah. pretty good. So every greenie, I want everything. Come back the next day. Same group of guys. Same golf course. Same conditions. Nice 75-degree morning. Beautiful day. And I shot a 113. Wow. And when I tell you that as much as everything went right on Thursday. Everything, yeah. I couldn't make a five-foot putt to save double bogey. And I lost. I didn't lose $56, but I probably lost $35 that day. Uh, I got in the car. I'm like, you moron. This is- <laughs> and you thought you figured. What did you figure out exactly? Nothing. I figured out the golf is really freaking complicated. I broke 100. One, I used to play quite a bit with a buddy of mine. And then my brother-in-law uh, had a membership at a course us by, up by us. So he's like, oh, we'll go, you know, I'll take right. you. And, and he, I bring two of my buddies with me who were legitimate big hitters, like 300 yards every time down the middle of the fairway. So I bring the two of them with me. They're uh, riding together. I'm riding with my brother-in-law. And he's a good golfer. He shoots in the 80s. I had never broken 100 in my life. I put together the round of my life. I shot a 96. I've never broke 100 since then. He was so... <laughs> He's a good golfer, shoots in the 80s. He was so flustered by, A, he was always the big hitter in his group, and my two buddies were well past him, and then, B, that he knew he would beat me, of all people. But it all, I got off on the first tee, and then that was it. Like, I never, I just, and he got so flustered by me playing well. He shot like, my buddy was then keeping his score for right. him. Like, no, that you actually had a seven on that sure. hole, not a six. Yeah. And he shot like a 113. It's like amazing, same isn't thing. it? Yeah. And it he really was, crazy. this was his home course. And yeah. The so, game is not real quick. And we got Bob to too long. So Bob was choosing back in the day. I used to work at this radio station and I was playing golf with him a lot uh, in the late nineties, I would say probably was. And I was working overnights and he did an overnight show. And he's like, Hey, afterwards we're gonna play golf. I'm like, all right, great. Cause I got the course set up all good. Now keep in mind, we're working overnight. We are up all night long. Bob at the time, I don't know where he lives now, but at the time he lived in Scotch Plains, which was not far from where I lived. So I just assumed we would be playing at a golf course near Scotch Plains like we always had. So we get in the car. He's like, just follow me. All right, fine. We go through the Lincoln Tunnel. We wind up on 78 West. I'm like, where the hell are we going? I had a cell phone, but I wasn't. You were not. not like now. I yeah, wasn't where everybody. Yeah. Long story it short, <laughs> we take like the third exit in Pennsylvania. To play, and the place was gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. We got called. I'm like, Bob, what the hell are you doing to me? I'm like, it's seven o'clock in the morning. We've been up all night. We're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but this is some track. Wait till you see this golf course. What if you didn't have all enough good. gas? Is that really what you're worried about? Well, no, I'm thinking if, I, but if I'm in the car with right, and I'm done. following. All right, we're finished. No, what? You can that, tell that's me. what you're thinking. The gas. No, I'm not. I'm just thinking. I was if you... concerned about the drive home, which Being as it tired, turned out yeah. was a major effort. And I had to pull over and take a two-hour nap. Oh, I believe I didn't it. get home until six. But he should have mentioned, like, hey, we're going to Pennsylvania. Make yes. sure you have gas in your tank. All right, that's could have been today. the problem. Coming up next is the warm-up. This was good. All right, good. I mean, we don't see eye to eye on some things. Clearly, you took one direction. I went the other direction, but that's fine. Uh, you want to do this again tomorrow? Sure. That'd be a lot of fun. I'll All right, listen. The warm-up to it. was with Lepresti, and it wasn't boring today. It was pretty. No, good. he was very good. Very, he was very good. Right on point. Yeah. Uh, Got so a haircut too. That's coming up right now, and then uh, we'll have more tomorrow. Do the the thing. So week. Good morning, campers. It's the warm up show with Alan Jerry. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products, the only streak free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. 
Use it on your roof already. Well, very good morning to you. This portion is sponsored by Spot Hero. No Al Dukes today, not because he had a setback with the, cern- uh, the hernia, but instead because he's off. He is done until January 2nd. Uh, Eddie hasn't been here all week either. So Chris Lepresti sits in. What is up, Chris? Yo, good morning. So a lot of baseball, uh, at least for this segment uh, of the warm-up. And then with Boomer, I do think we'll do some Islanders hockey because of there the news go. from yesterday. Yeah, which would be kind of cool. And some baseball also. But I want to start with the Derek Jeter town hall <laughs> meeting last night at Marlins Park, and I know there weren't cameras let in, but there were a couple of guys, Andy Slater for WINZ, and there was also a guy by the name of Will Monzo or Manzo from Channel 10 out in Miami, down in Miami, that was tweeting as it was happening. Tremendous. Now, have you seen or read any of these? I have, yes. All right, so let's we'll role play a little bit. Okay. All right, we'll do it this way. So Who am I? You're Derek Jeter. All right. All right, you're Derek Jeter. Do you want me to say what he said or what I would have said? Uh, no, you're uh, you're Derek Jeter. I will be the fan at the podium asking you. Yeah, you can do it however you want. Because I, I haven't memorized his quotes no, no, from last but night. But you can fool around with it a little bit, but be kind of on point with what he said. All right. It doesn't have to be perfect. So first things first. What's your plan, sir? We want to get back to the playoffs. But it seems like it's going to take a long time. Well, you got to be patient. Be patient. Sir, I'm 90. I don't have that much time. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. that was Seriously, that was an exchange <laughs> from much. an older fan yes. who said, be patient. How long? It's like Joe, Joe Beningo of Florida. Yes. He's running out of time with the Jets. Exactly. <laughs> um, you traded Marcelo Zuno. What was that about? What we had in place when we took over hasn't been working. Wrong answer. All right. You, tra- you trade Giancarlo Stanton. Is it a money dump? What are we doing? Pretty much, yeah. He did answer that way. He says, talk to Michael Hill. Yes, that's right. Now, Michael Hill is the uh, the GM, but Base- the vi- vice president yeah. of baseball oper- right. or president of he's baseball the GM, operations. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who makes all the yeah. moves. Here's the best part of that. Where was Michael Hill? Not not present. No. <laughs> now, he did show up, I think, later on okay. in the night. He wasn't there for the town hall portion. Though. When Jeter's like, you have to talk to Michael Hill. Yeah. Well, where is he? Right, exactly. So you had that. Then you had, um, you took my team away. There's no more Stanton. There's no more Azuna. Legit, an adult man crying. I thought it was a woman. At the podium. I read it as an adult oh, man. Oh, okay. I thought he said, I it, thought I had read, he said, I respect whatever. your passion, it her was passion. A person and a fan yeah. that was crying about the Miami Marlins. Right up near the podium. Now, you're Derek Jeter. You got to be thinking, what the hell have I gotten myself into? You know, look, we can slam him as much as we want, and rightfully so in some, to some extent. But to sit there for 90 minutes and at he least did. attempt to answer the questions, maybe not the answers you would have wanted to hear, but he didn't shut anyone down. He didn't get up and walk out. It's a good job. No, he didn't. And he talked to the reporters after for yeah. 11 or 12 minutes. Too. This is the best one. Now, we don't know exactly how it went down, but we can at least in our mind envision it because that is written as a fan who is not at the podium talking yells <laughs> to Jeter something along the lines of, you spent one two $1.2 billion on a team and you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? No, I like the other one as well, where a guy was angry. He's like, "I emailed you," and she was like, "You don't have my email address." I, the the uh, whole thing is funny. You, you do give him a lot of credit for going there yes. and doing it, but one of the guys on social media said the Marlins are going to draw flies to games. They should have sold tickets to this. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> packed in the building. I guess they had this at like some Budweiser club or whatever. Beyond some guy run? joked, "Yeah, that you know, this ironic. We're here because there's not a single player on the home team that's going to hit a ball out." <laughs> Here next year, be no action out here from our and, team, and apparently there's going to be more of these. I don't know when, but well, they're going to have I more of these town wants, halls. The, he said he called it the inaugural, 
And then a reporter had asked him afterwards, you said inaugural, do you mean you plan on doing this going further? Is it going to be once a year, once a month, or whatever? And he's like, well, the plan is to continue doing this <laughs> we'll to hear from goes. the fans. Yeah, right. And then he talks to the media afterwards. Now, I'll give him this. He does at least sound like someone that has a game plan. You know, he does say, you know, we expected all the criticism. We're starting, though, from the ground up, right. and we're going to build this moves, thing. Yeah. The thing you don't like if you're a Marlin fan, and this is what I've been on and I'll continue to say it, he said you can't win championships by just going out and getting guys. I don't disagree with that. Although the Yankees tried for how many years? Right. Right. Would you agree with that? After 2000, they were just signing guy after guy. And after it only guy. worked once. Right. It worked one time. And so you take that, you listen to it, and you say, that's fine. You had a team in place, though, that needed a couple of arms. And you would have been a contender. Right. And someone did bring that up in the town hall. Why didn't you sign some pitchers? And he, I guess, said, which pitchers did you want us to sign? Oh, I don't know. There's nine of them available. <laughs> I mean, I guess what he's saying on. is they need like the, what is the the Scott Boris line? The panacea is not panacea. What's the Scott Boris I line? Know. I forget. I, Whatever. I understand he wants, what he's saying. They need, they need to like have those guys at their peak when they're still cost controllable. That's where he's got the fact of the matter is this team could have competed for a championship this year. If he got, I would say legitimately two arms that tells you all you need to know about the finances, which is why what he said, I understand what he's saying, but he's wrong when he says, I think the phrase he used, you can't go chasing championships. You didn't have to chase it. It's right in front of you. Yeah. Go get it. Isn't it amazing? With all the strip downs, they've they've actually won. This thing about the franchises that that can't win Correct. to save their lives, that try they've all this. They've won twice since yeah. the Mets have won once. It's crazy. Mets have won in '86, and these guys have won twice. So yeah. you're right about that. Then you've got the goofy injury of the offseason. Have oh you my, seen yes, this yet? I did. Yes. So Rangers pitcher Martin Perez, um, he broke. First of all, the injury sounds funny. Uh, this is not a band, <laughs> but he broke his radial head, not radio head, his radial head. I don't know what that means. It's in his elbow, in his non-pitching elbow. So it's okay. It's not his pitching elbow. That's fine. Uh, but that's because because of an incident with a a bull. <laughs> so I guess he's got a farm, and he had bulls that were inside a gate, and one kind of got a little nuts, mm. and he reacted in a weird way and hit his elbow. So he didn't pull a Rex Ryan and in the offseason go and do a running with the bulls over there in Spain. He was not. Was it Pampluta? Where, where is that? I don't know. You have no idea. No, no it was Maybe not we can Ryan find that on a map today. Not, uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Plus Al's not here. It's not funny. That's true, yeah. Although Bob, I get the sense, probably wouldn't know we're at Pamplona. I think that's where it was. Nor is he listening to you right well, now. Well, he never listens, no. which is why when he talks off mic, you want to scream at him. And <laughs> still has no idea. Uh, anyway, so you have that injury. And then I'll give you one before we take a break. Tim Lincecum. Now, back in the day, Tim Lincecum was a great pitcher. Oh, yeah. For a short time, great pitcher. No hitters. Even turned down a massive contract. The old, I love, this is one of these new lines that I bet on myself. He bet on himself got hurt, essentially. And his career has gone... So he is training again, and you see the pictures? Jacked. How is this good for a pitcher, though? I don't know. That's the thing I don't understand. Ask Noah Syndergaard. Right. I don't know. He looks more like a bodybuilder than a baseball player, and he's going to try a comeback again. I would say he's ripped. I don't – he doesn't look huge. He just looks cut. Does that make sense? He looks pretty big. Yeah. He's not a big man to begin with. No. maybe it's just – yeah, he's, he's tiny. Like that was the whole thing about people. How does you know? How's he going to survive? And he didn't. He broke down. He had the long stride and all that good stuff. Good for him for trying. I mean, would you take a would shot. you take a flyer on him if you were say even just for a bullpen arm? How much does it cost? I can't imagine it would cost much at yeah, all. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? And how about Adrian Gonzalez for the Mets? No. The guy with back trouble. Let's I'm not him in. I mean, oh. the, why? Why even? Honestly, why even? Bother? I don't think they will. I think they. I'm sure they like many other teams called his representation. 
can can what you what you would get out of him in a perfect scenario? How much at this stage of his career with the back injury? How much worse could Dom Smith really well, be? I would say this because you bring up Dominic Smith. On one hand, I sit there and say, why bother? Guy with back injuries, and it would be, I'm sure he'll be cheap, of course, because okay. he's being paid already from someone else. They're both lefties. Here's what I would say, though. If you want to take the glass-half-full approach, which I've tried. With Gonzalez? Yes. Okay. You've got a kid in Dominic Smith that the Mets probably probably believe needs to be pushed. Mm-hmm. you got a guy in Gonzalez who you hope is healthy, but how long can he play for? Could he push him? To where you're not expecting Gonzalez to give you more than 40 games? Maybe, but doesn't it kind of limit you? Aren't they kind of similar players? Lefty bats, average gloves. That's all they need. I guess. But what kind of of platoon would that really be? Again, one that you hope motivates Dominic Smith into being a better player. I guess, but don't they, wouldn't you prefer it to be a righty bat then? So they could kind of. I think right now a Met fan would just prefer any live bat with a pulse. I understand. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, This portion has been brought to you by Spot Hero. Finally, here's a way you can save time. Use Spot Hero anytime you park downtown. First time users can enter promo code CITY for $10 off. Spot Hero, park smarter. We'll take a break. Boomer then at the top on the fan. It's the dynamic duo of Alan Jerry on the warm up show. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products and the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. The superheroes of building products. All right, welcome back. This portion is sponsored by Panera Bread. Noel Dukes today, as you know, he is off for the uh, little vacation now through the holidays. Rangers beat the Ducks last night. Islanders lose to the Red Wings 6-3. to Beyond that, not much because uh, no one else played, really. This portion is brought to you by Panera Bread. Get a Panera Bread gift card this holiday season. For every $50 in gift cards purchased, you'll get a $10 bonus card. For more details, visit your local bakery cafe. Got about a minute left or so. Uh, I'm going to do this Tom Brady story. Could this... Might this possibly signal the end of the relationship in the near future? I'm not saying tomorrow. Not a chance. But in the all right. So his uh, <laughs> trainer is no longer allowed. He's no longer permitted to treat players other than Brady in the office. He's also banned from boarding the Patriots Jets. And the yeah, this I find funny. They took his sideline pass away. The NFL teams give. Everybody a sideline pass. What do we think happened here? I don't know. It's a good question. Hmm. Now, he's the guy. He's also his trainer and his business partner on, partner on that TB12 stuff yes. and the book and the app. Avocado ice cream. All, that all stuff. of that stuff. And I guess is the fear that he's doing things that he shouldn't that's going to end up costing the Patriots some sort of a ban or a Could draft be. picks? or trying to protect themselves. Maybe they're trying to protect Brady. Who but knows? This guy How about a liability? A How about liabilities? Is he paying insurance just in case he gives somebody the wrong uh, advice or something happens to him or it's if he gets question. hurt on the sideline? I mean, you know, this well, is Well, you can make the case about the sideline. There's, there's oh, so many people down there. I know. Well, the sideline, before the game, there's a lot of people down there because they bring down people that they, you know, that are sponsors and guests and all that stuff to see pregame practice and all that. That's fine. But to stand on the sideline during the game and to make some sort of decision regarding Tom Brady or whatever else is ridiculous. He's not. Only, he's not it's a holiday celebration. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there. This is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You, were, you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.